0: hello everybody and welcome back to the glory glory my United podcast I'm your host Kyle Quinn and joining me today is Tom Simpson from the United podcast now Tom I did promise you last time that I'd have you on after a victory and I have I've been a man of my word and um, what a fantastic win that was yesterday okay it was boring at times and United Wolves games off the quite often are quite tedious um but Garnacho lit up the stadium once again by coming off the bench and scoring um, I am trying not to get it carried away about Garnacho, but uh, I really do think that he's going to be a, a, an absolutely sensational talent for Manchester United in years to come. What's your thoughts on Garnacho then, Tom?
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me back. And obviously, yes, uh, very good in regards to um, a, not just three points, but a very important three points in regards to the race for the top four and the finish of the season. My thoughts on Garnacho, Look, look, I share the optimism and the, the excitement around him. There's no doubt there's a talent there. There's no doubt there's a very high ceiling if you want to use that terminology. I'm not sold completely. This is not a critique or criticism of him at all. I'm not sold on him being this world beater in regards to this absolute world class talent in the future. Obviously he could be. I don't think anyone, you know, sort of can predict the future on how his career is gonna sort of end up going. Um, fingers crossed that is the case at Manchester United. He turns out to be the next um, global superstar. It would be absolutely fantastic. I don't see it. I see a fantastic footballer. Like you don't need to be world-class or Kylian Mbappe to have a great career at Manchester United. I see him in that tier below, but I've seen, I've had those predictions before. Where I don't think a player will make it. They go on to be absolutely world-class. I think players who have the potential going to be world-class, be absolute flops. So who knows how his career will obviously, fingers crossed, Eric Ten Hag is the man for that um, sort of guidance, and um, if Ganacho continues along this trajectory, there's no doubt. Um, the sky is the limit for him, and it would it'd be great to see because I think that is a huge part of Manchester United, and um, obviously we're tied him down all big contracts, so there's a little bit a little bit of a demand and expectation that he is going to be um, this special player that we all hope for.
0: Yeah, the reason why I'm a bit cautious is because of Adnan Yanazai. I got carried away too soon about him and thought he was going to be the next Ronaldo that obviously did not materialise, not even close. But I do think Nacho is a better player. Uh, like you say, he doesn't have to be the next Mbappe um, to be a star for Man United. Um, even, if he's, uh, even if he's as good as, you know, rank gigs, that would be a massive achievement. Um, yeah, so it, the, the only thing that frustrates me is the fact that uh, Tin Hag doesn't, either doesn't bring him off the bench or brings him on with like 10 minutes to go. Like the crowd were calling for him yesterday uh, at 1-0 because um, they're desperate for that goal to put the game to bed. And the first substitute that Tin Hag brought on <laughs> was Vagorst. And we all know he's just not going to score. Um, and, and eventually he did bring on Garnacho, And what happens? He scores. Um, Do you, do you feel a wee bit of frustration with uh, Tin Hag's substitutions at times?
1: Sometimes depending on the result. Uh, I, I think this one, you, you look at the end up winning 2-0 and you think, okay, the substitutions worked, you can understand them. But then the ones in the last couple of weeks where you lose away at Brighton and, or at West Ham, you think, well, hang on, the substitutions don't work. So there are frustrations sometimes after that. I think in terms of bringing up Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who was in the news in the last couple of days in terms of fine margins, I think that is the case with these substitutions. Uh, I think at the time of every substitution Eric Ten Hag makes, I think, yeah, I, I can see his thinking. Whether I agree or disagree, I can see his thinking. Now, the result f- further down the line is down to individuals on the pitch, Luke Shaw's handball or Garnaccio hitting the inside of the post rather than the outside of the post. Those are the fine margins which will determine if we agree with the substitutions at full time or not. In regards to yeah, I do want to see Ganacho come on. Obviously, he does have that excitement. But in terms of I do understand Eric Ten Hag being cautious and sort of, sort of introducing him slowly again because he has been out injured for a while. Um, it is one of those things you don't want to rush him back Work. He, he could potentially play a huge part um, in that FA Cup final. Obviously, he did have an impact in the match at Old Trafford against Manchester City. So I don't think there's any rush with Garnacho. I think us fans, we do want that excitement. But Eric Ten Hag has paid a lot of money to sort of put that excitement to the side and make the right decision for the player in regards to his actual development and actually sort of he's sort of monitoring him back from injury.
0: Yeah, so just going to get to the comments here uh, quickly a brush is joining us and he says good morning guys perfect way to kick start a sunday morning with three points already in the bag happy days and probably sunday night for you tom um but it really whenever you get the three points early in a weekend then uh, you can you can relax and enjoy the rest of the weekend whereas if you're if it's an early kickoff and you lose then it kind of ruins the rest of your weekend um, but especially
1: with newcastle dropping points earlier now are we sort of trying to get away from the team behind us or we're we trying to catch newcastle that's a i think everyone will sort of different opinions in there but um big result regardless of our three points but looking at newcastle's result um, very important
0: yeah i'm not really bothered whether we finish third or fourth as long as we uh, finish above liverpool uh, that's mm. the most important thing um, Liverpool, I've got Leicester on Monday night. You'd expect Liverpool to, to get the points there, but hopefully not. And that will take a bit more pressure off us. But um, we just need to get six points now, uh, and we're over the line. Um, yesterday, it was, I didn't care about the performance. It was all about getting the job done. I don't care about any performance for the rest of the season. Uh, it, it's not about entertaining the crowd anymore. It's about getting over the line. And... Um, and it's it was another clean sheet, another another victory at Old Trafford, fortress Old Trafford, and uh, I thought the back four were, were tremendous again yesterday. And Davy de Gea wasn't even tested yesterday at all, so I'm um, very very pleased um, with how we're, we're defending at, at home. Anyway, and um, just even in away games, we're we're doing okay for ninety five percent of the game, and then we're making you know, uh, individual errors that are costing us in, in the way of games. But at home, we've been absolutely uh, immaculate. Um, and, and De Gea is now guarantee, De Gea is guaranteed the, the, the golden glove, even though these has been question marks about his performances. Um, yeah, so I think that might be the back four that starts the cup final. Is that how you see it? Is that how you see it, Tom?
1: Yeah, you'd have to think. Maybe a week or so ago, I sort of wasn't sort of foreseeing Rafael Varane to come back, so I just had in, in my mind Luke Shaw and Victor Lindelof, and then I was thinking, okay, i would prefer Diago Deleu over Terrell Malassia. But it's great to see Rafael Varane back, and if he is going to be fit and available for that FA Cup, obviously you'd say his first name on the team sheet. In regards to if any one of our players is um, destined to perform well in a final, uh, Rafael Varane is that man. Um, he's done it countless times. France and Real Madrid. So Rafael Varane, if he's fit and available, obviously he plays. And you can't drop Victor Lindelof at the moment, but he's playing very well. And Luke Shaw is our best left back. So I think the obvious, yeah, it is our back four. There is a case, depending on the day, how you feel or how Eric Ten Hag wakes up. There is a case for Diego Delo over Aaron Wan I think though, against Manchester City at Wembley, it would be Aaron Wan But I think the rest of the back four, three picks, um, the rest of the back four picks itself right back there is a question there while I, but in saying that i think it's probably 80 percent confident it would be aaron wambisaka
0: yeah i think against you know the the big teams Wambasaka has to play for me because monster city are probably going to dominate possession uh, and we're going to need you know our best defenders on the pitch and Dolo, if you remember in the 6-3 at the etihad he got torn yeah. to sh- the ribbons in that game so uh, I, I wouldn't start him um Brush is here, how good was it to see Varane back? We were surprised. Were you surprised it happened so soon and that he managed to complete 80 minutes? Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to play 80 minutes, but uh, it's it's great to see it happening. I thought he might come off after 60 because he's he's been out for a wee while. Um, but we just need to keep him wrapped up in cotton wool now for the for the cup final because of the, uh, 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 of the fact that uh, Martinez is missing for the cup final. It's absolutely vital that uh, Varane starts that game uh so yeah um so so pleased about the the defending um although it is wolves i know they're not the biggest threat in the Premier league um but Mm -hmm. we we quite recently at home we kept a clean sheet against Dawson villa uh, as well um against everton um what 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 is it with this united team they're just like night and day when it comes to playing at home and, and playing away from home can you can you think of any reason for that Tom?
1: <laughs> that's very ten hard to decide that that's why he's paid a lot of money um, to, to fix those problems my, my gut feeling and it's not so much this well, it, well the evidence does suggest this team but it's not just this team it's post Fergie. Um, I, I think it's the last decade and, and we can have he can tie this in or discussion about the owners and standards and the culture that is set. But I do think and sometimes after a win, we'll praise the mentality of these players. And if we lose, um, we'll question the mentality. I think we're a little bit too fickle as football fans, as Man United fans, towards the mentality of the players. But my hunch is the mentality of some of these players don't fancy away from when the crowd is up for it. They think, oh, geez, what's going to happen here? And they they don't sort of enjoy that sort of hostile atmosphere. Because I always make the point, whoever we play against, maybe one or two clubs could make a case. Maybe Tottenham could say Arsenal is a bigger game for them. Maybe, um, I don't know. I think that's maybe the only one. I think Arsenal is, when Manchester United are in town, it's Arsenal's biggest game of the season. I think the only ground is probably when Arsenal go to Tottenham. I think Tottenham, that's probably their biggest game of the season. Everywhere else, we're the biggest game of the season. And um, that's that's a lot to deal with for players. Um, that, that's a lot of pressure put on them. And sometimes I don't think these players deal with the pressure. Too. And now sometimes they do. And we'll say, oh, what, what great mentality they have. And they're in a corner. But um, if the result doesn't go their way, uh, we'll point to the players and say they can't deal with that. But that, that, that's where I think the difference is in regards to that home v away record. You look at that great record we had away from home with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the caveat being it being behind closed doors and there was no fans in the ground. So I do think that that fans the fans having their sort of the biggest day of the season does weigh on our, some
0: of our players um, a little bit more than it should yeah it's definitely a, a psychological issue and um, that HAG needs to address this summer um, and we need a big big improvement on our way for him if we're going to challenge for the Premier League title um so just want to talk about a couple of individuals um anthony um he's probably one of our biggest threats yesterday um he, he obviously got the assist for the first goal um but <sighs> He's just lacking that end product at times. I mean, that easy header that he missed at the back post. Um, uh, yeah, he, he seems to be—he was to be involved in almost every attack yesterday, but there's just the, the end product is still lacking, and it can frustrate the, the fans. Um, but I, I thought he was a, a biggest threat as well. So he's bit—he's bit of an enigma. It's—it's um, it's hard to critique him because. Uh, Like I said, he's involved in everything. Uh, He's making things happen. He's creating opportunities, but the the end product just isn't quite uh, perfect at the moment um, and and he needs to improve upon that. Uh, What's your thoughts on Anthony then, Tom? Uh,
1: I think he is what he is in regards to when he did sign and was sort of watching all those YouTube compilations and, and what he'll be like. I think we all predicted this. He'll give us flashes of brilliance. He'll curl it in the top corner and then the next one he'll make the wrong decision. I think that... Is what it is. We're going to have to be very patient not to compare him to a young Cristiano Ronaldo, but Cristiano Ronaldo in his first two seasons. You talk about lack of end product. My God, that was the definition of Ronaldo. And I just think that it is what it is with Anthony at the moment. He's going to sort of curl ones in against Barcelona and give you those great memories. And sometimes against Wolves at home, he's going to maybe be a little bit wasteful. I think um, obviously something he's going to have to improve. But as a young player, I'm sure he will improve. Eric Ten Hag does have complete trust in him, um, which is only a good thing for Anthony. He he will feel that trust and that faith. But, um, yeah, I I just think he's that type of player. Um, You're going to have other players who are going to provide a little bit more consistency um, without that flash of brilliance. He's going to give you that flash of brilliance and win games on his own sometimes. But um, at other times, the, the price of that will be a little bit of frustration a lack of end product. Um, something he's going to have to find in his game as he matures is that a little bit more um, consistency in that final third.
0: Yeah, we need to see his goals and assists increase uh, next season. But what was good yesterday was that he, he squared the ball with his right foot. Um, and obviously, he's been criticised a lot for... Being so left-footed, so clearly you know he's been working on that. I've seen him do that a bit more now. And another thing I wanted him to do was to shoot to the near post, which he did that yesterday as well. It was yeah, brought yeah, out
1: it had a really good one. Yeah,
0: but a big save from the goalkeeper. Um, Dan Sancho though, once again, flattered to deceive. Um, I thought Garnacho should have came on for Sancho a lot earlier. Now, is Sancho running out of time? Um, to save his United career. What do you think?
1: It's a hard one with Jadon Sancho. Um, answers on a postcard in terms of, I think, some, some opinions will say, no, keep him, give him one more chance, and the next person will say, no, you have to sell him now, cash in. It's not going to work. And I, I think both opinions are right. I'm right down the middle of this one. I think he actually played quite well. Um, but just in regards to that, what he's in the team for, in regards to in that front area, you need that end product and you need to impact games. And I think you see Marcus Rashford, who I don't think is as good a player technically as Jadon Sancho, impacts games 10 times more. Uh, so that makes him 10 times better. So I think Jaden Sancho actually links up the play quite well and, and offers um, Eric Ten Hag sort of what he wants from a left-hand side of position, especially linking up um, when you do have overlap in Luke Shaw. But ultimately, if Jaden Sancho isn't directly impacting games... And you have Marcus Rashford sort of fit and available. Jaden Sancho is not going to be playing, and then you obviously have the debate: well, is it worth having a three hundred fifty thousand pound a week sitting on the bench in regards to wages, and that that's not going to be worthwhile? So then the correct argument will be: well, you have to sell him. So it is a hard one. My personal opinion at the moment: I would give him one more season. Now he has to, he has to definitely improve drastically. But the reason I probably and this we can tie this into a discussion around the owners. Um the reason I am giving him that year is simply I don't see a situation where we can sell him because who's gonna pay three hundred fifty grand a week in wages for Jaden Sancho at the moment. I don't think anyone will. So I think kindly speaking we're stuck with him. And um Eritona and him is gonna to have to find a way to get the best out of him, but it is that time of his contract, time of his career, if it doesn't work next season. Um the writing is on the wall and then there's definitely no debate where his future should be.
0: Yeah, and I think once Garnacho starts becoming a regular in the 11, and you know you have Rashford there as well, obviously, uh, and Anthony is a big favourite of the manager, you know, Sancho, he's only going to get opportunities now and again you know, next season if he's here, and he's going to have to take those um, the, because he's got plenty of opportunities now in the second half of this season. Um, now, don't get me wrong, he's had his moments, um, but he's not producing enough. Um, so, next season, he's probably going to be a bench player and that's, that's a very expensive Benz player isn't it 73 million he cost and, and like you say his wages is 350k um it's not sustainable in in the long term um so he's he's gonna have to imp- improve significant, significantly if he's going to be part of the starting 11 next season um, i don't see it at the moment and reports are saying that denag is run out of pieces with him i would i'd love to see him do well he's obviously a, a nice guy a very a very talented footballer and but we're not seeing what he was doing at dortmund and he was yeah. taking people on at dortmund he was going past them and now he's stopping and passing the ball back. It just seemed to be a real lack of confidence. Now, there's yeah. many, many players over the years who come to Old Trafford and just not produced it. Um, you can go all the way back to Gary Birtles, I think it was. Uh, uh, and there's been numerous you know, players in the Woodward era that didn't do it either. It's, uh, hopefully, he does not become another one of those. But at, at the moment, it looks 90% certain that he is going to be uh, the next player not to do it at Old Trafford, unfortunately. But uh, there's... there's, there's there's reasons to be optimistic about other players. Um, like Rashford has had a sensational season. I hope he breaks the, the 30 gold mark. Um, and obviously, Carnacho looks like he has a hell of a future. Um, so, we, before we get on to other topics, just going to do a quick rundown of the, the player rating. So, that was the guy. Ahead and nothing to do yesterday, Tom. Yeah, no, I don't
1: think I don't think there was a shot on target from Wolves. I can't remember actually one save. I think statistically there was no shots on target. So obviously from a goalkeeper's point of view, obviously we critique his ball playing if, if we want to, but a 2-0 win and with no shots to save. Um, <laughs> De Gea, I think it's a pretty standard sort of um, middle of the road.
0: Yeah, 6 um I'll make this easy. The back four all get a seven for me. Apart from Varane, I think he gets an eight. I thought Varane was absolutely excellent again. Um, he's just, like everybody says, he's just a Rolls Royce of a defender. Um, just brings so much calmness and composure. Um, reads the game really well. Um, and he's going to be vital if we're going to somehow win the FA Cup. Um, Casemiro, I, I think an, an improvement on some of his recent performances. Um, but not quite back to his best yet and um, so say a six for Casemiro Ericsson really real real drop off recently isn't he? I'm um, surprised he, he lost as long as he did he normally gets subbed a bit earlier for stamina reasons um but he's not impacting games the way he was earlier in the season so uh, probably a five for action Sancho probably a five Anthony uh, would be a six Bruno um lovely assist uh, for the Garnaccio goal yeah, and he's always a always a big threat. Um, most things tend to happen through him. Um, seven for Bruno and uh, Martial scored, so I suppose I'll have to give him a seven. Um, but uh, he wasn't, you know, he just doesn't bring to the table what a number nine should. He, he tends to drift out to the left quite a lot. Um, I see yesterday he was he's was running he's running out of the running out of defender on the left hand side and he fell over himself.
1: Um, there was a lot of players slipping but all over the pitch. A lot of players from both teams. I don't know if it's something on the grass or their the choice of studs. But I did notice that Jaden Sancho if you, and the Jaden Sancho one I put down his confidence and maybe not quite been at it. But then I saw Martial. I saw um, Aaron Wan bissaka at times. And um, yeah, it is one of those things. But ultimately, um, is that a reason or excuse? Um, at, the, at the highest level, you, you do need to do better. Da- David De Gea the other week against West Ham. We looked at the weekend, it was actually he slipped. That was the reason um, the ball went in. He didn't sort of spring off that foot. So slipping, um, it's, it's an accident, but um, you need to make sure you don't slip.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that in other games as well. Um, too many players slipping. Uh it was the Tottenham game. I think both sets of players were slipping all over the place. But uh, yeah, Martial. Do you notice when Martial and Sancho were playing, There was very little isn't from the front by united but once fakehurst and garnacho came on there was a lot of pressing putting the, the the wolves defense under a lot of pressure so it's clearly just uh a, a personnel thing and um, it seems like uh you know it's a it's a, it's a decision by sancho and Martial not to press because other players are coming off the bench and doing it so it's clearly i don't think that it's the manager's instructions to tell you know sancho and marcial not to press Clearly, okay, they that's just the that's just the way they are they're just they're not, not going to do that kind of work off the ball um but if, if tin Hag is going to implement his philosophy philosophy to the to the maximum he's going to have to have a front, a front a front a front three that's going all all going to be pressing um uh, does it frustrate you when when you watch you know certain players um, not working hard enough off the ball, particularly the the front players?
1: I disagree with many people, and I disagree with you in regards to Anthony Marshall in regards to his work rate. I, in my personal opinion, in terms of the way I view it. Anthony Marshall does get through a lot of work. I think when we see the ball and the the team, sort of their back four has the ball, we're looking at a Marcus Rashford or Bruno Fernandes as closing them down. We think that's work rate. And, and that is 100%, and that is something maybe Anthony Marshall obviously should do a little bit more of, no, no doubt in that at all but i look at proper work rate in regards to the stuff off the ball when the ball's 60 meters away are you putting the 10 20 meters in that no one's going to see? that's not really going to make a difference but you just have to do just in case a a situation arises Uh, are you going to put that work in and marshall does that in terms of Jaden sancho and marshall very different in the way they press but the result looks the same anthony marshall is very clever in, in regards to where he positions himself i think sometimes we look at marcus rashford and he just sprints at a player it looks like he's working hard but it's quite stupid. They just sort of play around him. Anthony Marshall is very good at sort of cutting those passing lanes. We think of cutting passing lanes like Michael Carrick or Casemiro at the back. It's a big job for strikers as well. Ronaldo and Anthony Marshall do it quite well. And but the visual we want is a Carlos Tevez or a Valtbegost in regards to closing them down. That's definitely what we want as fans because that looks like they're working hard. So I disagree with many people in regards to Anthony Marshall's work rate. But in regards to the visual, um, it definitely does look like he needs to do more. Um, Eric Ten Hag. Plays him from the front um, when he's fit and available. So I think Eric Ten Hag um, sees some value in the way he defends. And um, I, I would look at the result in regards to the result of Wolves not providing any threat or no shots on goal. That's not to say through Anthony Marshall and Jaden Sancho. Obviously, it's got to get through more players than that. But um, it obviously starts from the front. So uh, I see the critique of Jaden Sancho and Marshall defensively against Wolves. Personally, though, uh, just the way I view football, um, uh, and not rightly or wrongly, just a different set of eyes, um, I thought they did their job quite well. But it's one of those things, um, game of opinions.
0: Um, Yeah, I do think Martial needs to do more, but what he does do, like you say, um, he... Prevents the the centre back from passing it to the other centre back. He comes in from the side. He, he blocks off mm-hmm. that angle.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, I can see what he's doing, but it it, it like you say, it doesn't look as good when you see Vikors and Tevez and Rashford chasing down the goalkeeper and defenders. And Marshall
1: and Jaden Sedra as well. Not just that style, but their body language as well. I don't think that does, definitely doesn't help them just in terms of the way their bodies are built and the way they carry themselves. Definitely has that sort of lethargic look to them
0: yeah yeah like the berbatov as well he, he had yeah. that lethargic look to him and um, never did much running and um, but what a, an elegant footballer he was um yeah so really pleased to get the points in the bag and we just need uh two more wins out of the three games on where we're home and host as they say and horse racing um so i'm glad the way things are going and um a was there yesterday like you mentioned i think he did a q and with with the fans the, the night before um uh, and I think he said that eventually he wants to become a season ticket holder in the Stratford End. Um, he's just, he's just, uh, he's just a huge fan of the club, isn't he? Um, I don't expect to see um, Mourinho or Van Gaal in the, the Stratford End anytime soon. But uh, Solskjaer, regardless of, of what happened uh, when he was manager, we we all know deep down that he 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 wasn't quite uh, the world co- class coach that we wanted him to be. But he'll always be a legend at the club, won't he? Oh, look,
1: I can't speak highly enough of Solskjaer in regards to um, everything he's done for this club. Yes, we can have a discussion about him as manager and was it right to let him go? Of course, but I hated how it ended in regards to the treatment he was receiving, not just from the media, but more importantly, unfortunately, from large sections of the fan base. He did, definitely didn't deserve the treatment um, he got. I've got nothing but respect for Solskjaer and seeing him there doing that Legends event um, the night before. Then out at Old Trafford taking photos with fans. Uh, I think there's always a place at Manchester United for Solskjaer, um, 100%. It, it, it's just good to see. Um, definitely a feel-good factor. And um, long may that continue. I um, you obviously spoke. How many players or so sort of manager, managers, I should say, sort of get sacked from a club and still come back and say, look, if they ever want me again, I'll, I'll put my hand up again. Could you see Jose Mourinho saying, oh, I'd, I'd like to work for Man United again, or Louis van Gaal or David Moyes, I'd like to work for Man United again. No, they'd hold a grudge. Ole oh, a Solskjaer in his interview when he got sacked said, yeah, I didn't get the results, time for me to step aside. And here he is saying, well, if they ever need me to do something, yeah, put out the cones or anything, I'm here. And I think that is um, a huge part of Manchester United.
0: Yeah, um, I suppose the difference between him and the other managers who, who were sacked after Fergie is that he was a he was a player and a, a legend as a player. So it's obviously a very different situation. Um another thing that i have to mention is Diallo scored yet another yeah. worldy yesterday um tin Hag is talking up his chances of being part of the squad uh, next season i think he's going to be invited to the fa cup final and um, so he feels part of the squad um the thing is he plays in uh, anthony's position um and you know uh, the manager is quite loyal to anthony um you probably only really see, barring injury, you only really see Ahmad playing in the in the Cup games or maybe the odd European game. Um, I just don't want him, if he's going to be part of the, the squad next season, I don't want him to stagnate. He has to get plenty of opportunities and, uh, with Anthony playing his position, I don't think he's going to, I, don't, I can't see him playing 30 games. Um, so that's my only concern, but I definitely want him to be part of the, the first team picture next season. How do you see it then, Tom?
1: Yes, yeah, I yeah, no, completely agree. It's a very tricky situation because then you look on the right-hand side, but you throw the wide people. Um, in all the same category, uh, Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho, Alejandro Ganacho, I'm sure will be linked to one as well. So um, there's so many names there. Um, players are going to miss out. And it is obviously that fine balance. Okay, you want the best players on the pitch and competition for places. And someone might provide competition by sitting on the bench for 29 weeks of the season and just sort of uh, having to come in for one or two games here or there. And um, that's obviously not great for their development. But in regards to a results-based business, that's what, what Eric Ten Hag might need. So we sort of look for these sort of path to success and a great career at Old Trap for all these players. Okay, well, how's, how's Anthony's career going to be at Manchester United? Hopefully he wins three trophies and two Champions Leagues. We want the same for Ahmad. We want the same for Jadon Sancho, Marcus Rashford. The nature of the beast is a lot of players come and go. Some players we have high hopes for and are deserving of places at Manchester United. It doesn't work out for whatever reason. So there are players who we do see great futures. Let's even throw Jadon Sancho, Sancho, Ganacho, Rashford, Anthony, Ahmad, Pelestri. Unfortunately, some of them aren't going to make it. Some of them are going to move on, and other players are going to come in. That is the nature of the beast playing for Manchester United. So um, you definitely do see a shootout between Ahmad and Anthony on the right hand side next season. It's one of those things though, I agree at the moment. Anthony is that play for Eric Tenha. But if Ahmad comes in and scores two goals on on the first game of the season, then another good performance for the rest of that. August period, well, he's the first choice. I think we've seen that from Eric Ten Hag. So, and that is ultimately what you want. You need someone coming in, and if they're performing, um, get rewarded for it.
0: Yeah, he'll have to make himself undroppable uh, if he's going to be a regular next season, Ahmad. But uh, you wouldn't put it past him, uh, the way he's playing for Sunderland. I'm sure Sunderland fans will be devastated to, to see him go. But, yeah, we seem to be stacked uh, in both wings now. Um, you know palestri is going to have to leave or uh, on loan or permanently in the summer because he's just not getting a kick a lot of fans are frustrated that you know he's not getting as many minutes as, as we thought he was going to get um you know he's not even coming on as a sub in, in, in any of the games now uh well, it's yeah, interesting. He came part. in the same.
1: He came in the same time as Ahmad, almost in that same, pretty much same week. I think they pretty much well, same day they were announced. I think it was that deadline day under Solskjaer. So, yeah, their careers are sort of at a crossroads, but one definitely does look a little bit more um, positive at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm with the, the manager talking up uh, Ahmad Diallo. he's um, probably feeling that he's, he's he's even further down the packing order now. Um, so, so like I say, we're stacked in both wings. But the issue now is the. The sort of that central area uh, it's a possibility very course i think will definitely go and um, martial there's a big chance that he could go in the summer and, and expect us to spend a lot of money on a replacement the question i'm still i'm still no closer to knowing who that player is going to be are you
1: <laughs> no idea who it will be my hunch in terms of a real target and whether he's attainable i think he is attainable and, and my preference at the moment is harry kane a lot of people agree and disagree with that uh, obviously as a game of opinions the man for me is harry kane now yes eric Hag might know an absolute gem who's, who suits eric Hag's system a lot better that we don't know about and he might come in and be a fantastic striker of the strikers that i do know that I do want to move and could sort of deal with um the weight of shirt that is a manchester united one It's Harry Kane for me. Now, are we going to get him? Who knows? Uh, Who knows how that deal could potentially eventuate financially? But um, the man for me is um, Harry Kane. I understand all the negatives with that, like, in terms of the price and everything, his age, injury record, all those are valid. But, um, yeah, for me, um, it's the Englishman.
0: Uh, Yeah, he's a a wonderful player, um, and I wouldn't complain if he came in. But, like I say, the price, the age on daniel levy or the the issues of this transfer because i want to get the striker in as soon as possible if we're going to try if we're going to you know negotiate with daniel levy it could end up you know, happening on august 31st and mm-hmm. i cannot be bothered with another saga like frankie deong last summer yeah. Um, i'd rather get the striker in early sign someone who's going to be a bit easier to get um but there are many options out there like there's vlavich and ramos and um the usherman who probably be even more expensive than hurricane um, and then there's like left field options like ivan ferguson ollie watkins um I'd be happy with any of those players, really. To, to be honest with you, um, obviously some of them get are guaranteed successes, and like Kane, and others are you know there it they could be a risk. Um, but that,
1: that, that, that's where I sort of tend to tend to side with Harry Kane. Like you talk, and you're right in terms of some are guaranteed goals, some are a bit of a risk. I think the only guarantee, and there's no guarantee, but the only guarantee is Harry Kane. Now, yes, who knows how it's going to eventually? He might flop but. He's as close to a guarantee for Premier League goals as you're ever going to get. Every other player, but they might have it. They might go on to have a better career than Harry Kane. Who knows? But it is a risk. Now, the risk might pay off, but it might not. So I'm, that is where, in just in terms of that solidity and consistency, um, I do side with Harry Kane.
0: Yeah, the issue is that uh, if we do get Kane over the lane, um, we'll probably only have him at his peak for another three seasons. But it'll be worth it if we win a Premier League title in one yeah. of those three seasons. Yeah, it'd be like a van percy signing um so yeah definitely would, wouldn't would complain uh if we got him over the line my preference would be somebody younger um but if kane came in uh, i wouldn't be disappointed at all um and he would improve us massively just like that um not only is he a brilliant striker but his link play he comes deep uh he's almost like like Rooney and, Roy, Rooney and Vanessa Roy all in one, if that the makes
1: sense. F- far better football than I thought. I remember over the years I thought, yeah, okay, good striker, scores a lot of goals. Okay, it is what it is. And when Jose Mourinho took over Tottenham, I watched a lot more of Tottenham. They're just on the TV a lot more. Um, and really watching Harry Kane in his game, a lot Jose Mourinho spoke about changing his game, and you, you, did see, you did watch Harry Kane closely, and I think, oh, this is a player when Robin Van Persie arrived at Old Trafford, I thought, yeah, okay, good good goal scorer. Obviously, he scores goals for Arsenal. We'll see how he does at United. When you watch a player week in, week out, then you realise how good he is. And Harry Kane, I think, like, obviously he's world-class, but some people would critique his sort of world-class suitability because of trophies and Botlin and Tottenham and everything. I think if you watch him as a player, he's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he's nailed on now to be the... Um, Premier League's greatest ever goalscorer. He'll overtake Alan Shearer in a few years' time if he keeps this up, and um, if he does that in a red shirt at Manchester United, i did have to say it would be a successful stint.
0: Yeah, it would. It would shout of a complete lack of ambition if he just stares at Spurs now and signs a new contract? Surely,
1: surely he falls... Oh, now, he's been on a golf course before asking for a move to Manchester City. So he, he has shown ambition to go before, and then it's obviously at the hands of Daniel Ever. But surely, again, he's just... He has to force through a move. He, he has to know, look, they, they lose yesterday again to Aston Villa. And I'm just thinking, surely he puts pressure on to um, finally leave Tottenham this winter.
0: Yeah, if he wants to win trophies, he, he has to. It's now or never. Um, I just uh, I just realised I didn't give Ten Hag a rating. He would probably get a six for me because uh, his substitution did uh, kill the game off. But he should have brought him on earlier, in, in my opinion. Um, I heard it even in the past. Ajax fans were frustrated at the not only the lack of substitutions but the time it takes um Ten Hag to make subs. He I feel that, a bit.
1: bit. I feel that. I think every club. People say that about Pep, Manchester City fans say that about Pep, Liverpool say that about Klopp. I think every manager, I think we all want that, we, we just always want to change and I think that's a societal thing. Well, When we see something not working, go okay, fix it. We want always a quick fix and that is my, my sort of concern about Eric Ten Hag as well. But I had that about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Jose Mourinho, Van Hal, even Fergie to an extent. I, I think that's, I think it's correct at times in terms of analysing the substitute.
0: Uh, sorry, guys. Um, Tom's computer froze completely, um, so we're going to have to wrap it up there. I think we covered most topics anyway. Um, so United marching on, just need uh, six more points to guarantee our Champions League spot, and I'm reasonably comfortable, uh, confident that we're, we're going to get the job done. Um, all Liverpool fans in midweek were, were were very very confident that yeah they were going to drop points at home to Wolves. Ah, uh, a lot of their podcasters and YouTubers were getting quite cocky, so great to see them going silent again. Um, I haven't heard a dicky bird from them uh, in the last twenty four hours. So I'll wrap up there. Um, if everyone could please subscribe to the channel, comment more of your thoughts down below, and smash a like on the video. And I will see everybody again tomorrow night.